Hello, homies. On today's episode, we have another listener request, which is going to take us up to, you guessed it, a rustic. Damn it, Aristic, you gotta stop it. We also are gonna talk a little bit about the very important topic of centering victims in stories versus the perpetrators. And we are also going to discuss some things that are very important to us locally. All this and more on Homegrown Horror. All right, so the case of Jackie Snorkolomule versus Teddy White's mane. Oh, he stole bubblegum? Yeah, I think this was his wages. But wait, he stole his own wages. I don't know what the details are, but you know we gotta we gotta put something together. Okay, um, so this kid's like six, so uh-huh. nobody under the age of twelve. Yeah, for the jury, uh, nobody under the age of twelve. Anybody that has children, I don't think they should be allowed to or be a jury. Or cares about children. Or cares about children. If okay, they like so... children, yeah, no. Okay, throw them out. Um, can't like bubble gum. Can like bubblegum. They gum. might be biased. They might think that it's perfectly fine to steal bubblegum. You know, like, as far as consistency of bubblegum, we should probably throw anybody out that also likes Starbursts. Okay, yeah. okay, yep. So, okay. No bubble tape either. No bubble tape, no. Okay. Fruit by the foot? Fruit yeah, by the foot yeah. is fine. Okay, okay, okay. That's fine, that's Fruit fine. Fruit by the foot is fine. Um. These are important questions. Writing this all down. Okay. Okay, how about... It's probably good not to have anybody that's related to the gang. Or Nobody... gangsters in general. Yeah, no, so... Uh... Um, that's the entire town, though. Oh, shit. Okay, so we're... We might have to request the, uh, change of venue. Change of venue? Just put that as a note at the bottom. Okay, we'll, change we'll get of to venue, that when we get there. asterisk. So who's... Who's left? What do we got? Um... Every cis white man in town. I think that's pretty good. We usually do that. But wait, some of them have kids. Incels. 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 Okay. Big, big, I'm underlying it. Fantastic. Okay. That's who we're looking for. Let's do this. Let's get this court case rolling. Hello. Welcome to Homegrown Horror. I am Bea co-host. I'm Jackson, a co-host. This is Homegrown Horror, the main spooky podcast. Murders, cryptids, ghouls, goblins. Haunted places. Kidnappings. Kidnappings. Murders. Gangsters. Gangsters. Yeah, you get it. You name it, it, we got it. (laughs) You get it. (laughs) Welcome. Uh, We're finally back together again. Yay. We had our little week break. You tell well, me about weeks. you tell me about your uh, trip first. Yeah. Okay. So, as uh, listeners probably remember from the last episode, I went to Oregon. I went to Bend, Oregon, to go hang out with my mom and celebrate her 60th birthday. And in all of that, we got to show her the music video that we made, and she cried about it. She I cried. saw it on Instagram. It you was did? quite cute. Oh, yes. yes, yes. She's posted Although it I was everywhere. Really, you, like, in all this, the things with you and Emily, when you guys were recording your little lip-syncing portion, yeah. you were cut off with on her Instagram thing because oh, you were no. on the outskirts. I also thought it was really cute how 
uh, with your nieces and nephews trying to lip sync. <laughs> yes, they're very bad at it. Hilarious, <laughs> because they're all children and they, they don't understand. They don't understand it. They can't figure it out. It's like, no, it's like you're trying to do the words. There is also, uh, <laughs> Molly was telling me about the funny um, organization of that. So you didn't get to see this part in the video, obviously. But she was like, Get back in line. You will sing this. This is for your grandma's birthday. <laughs> it's like trying to organize oh four God. children yeah. is rough. Like on a single activity and they range in age so much. So the laptop is having a moment. Do you hear it? Oh yeah, it's a little bit. It's it's working hard. It's a hard working laptop. Why is it working so hard? I forgot where we were, but yeah, we just had a moment with the laptop. Oh. So uh uh back to the story. Yeah. Hard to wrangle a couple kids. Yes. <laughs> but it was still a lot of fun. Um, my brother left earlier than I did. So I was I was hanging out with the family for like five days, uh, which is kind of a lot of time with family. Love them, though. Yeah. What was also kind of funny, though, was that I got to travel really close to my old places where I lived, like my old apartments. Yeah. Like I was... While I was in Bend, Oregon, I also went up to Gig Harbor, which is near Tacoma, Washington. Gig Harbor. Gig Harbor. Yeah. Got to see my mom's new house, and uh, it looks Aww. very, very nice. Um, and as I was traveling up, though, I stopped it. Yeah, the laptop's still going again, but whatever. Okay. <laughs> We're just going to barrel through it. It's fine, buddy. So, where was I? You saw your mom's house? Saw my mom's house, but yeah, before that, we also stopped in the Portland area, I was near my old apartment, and as my dad was driving, or my mom was driving through there, I looked around and I was like, this place looks like shit. <laughs> I was like, why do I like living here? I had like that immediate thought to myself. I was like, why do I like living here? I was just like, this looks like crap. And then, um, <laughs> and then, then we traveled. It was very funny, too, because then we traveled uh, immediately after our little visit in Portland, mm -hmm. traveled up towards Tacoma, and it's really just a straight shot, and my dad decided to take a back road um, connection to get to Gig Harbor, so we kind of circumnavigated some highway traffic. Gotcha. But in that little shortcut, or like not a shortcut, but roundabout air, um, scenic view, we also went by... Like, I was within a mile of my old apartment in Tacoma. Oh. And I was, like, looking around, and, I, and it, it was a nice, like, park area that I was nearby. But I was just kind of like, that park that I was going by, for those that are familiar with it, it was called Chambers Bay. It's a three-mile um, interesting park that was built on, basically, a former mine and trash heap. Oh. And now it's a golf course and also a very nice kind of, like, area. There's a little public beach you can go down to the water. And it's uh, very well done, but, like, that was Emily and I's only way to get outside during the pandemic. Yeah. So I looked at that, and I'm just like, I don't like seeing this. <laughs> it's like, and then I was like, this is kind of relieving. I don't want to be here anymore. Like, I'm I glad don't, that, I'm I don't so miss I'm so glad this <laughs> that you don't miss it, and you're not going to go back. No, I'm, I I'm, don't plan on that any, at, at all, regardless of my feelings. But I, <laughs> I, I just didn't like have any remorse about leaving. And I was really surprised because I thought, because before I showed up, I was like, oh, it'd be kind of cool to see like the old places and uh, yeah. I might miss it. And I'm like, no. I don't miss it. Also something like not against everybody that lives in the West Coast, but I also had to interact with some 
people from the West Coast. I hated every fucking interaction. I really did. Like, I'm sorry. I West Coast people are just so in your face nice, but it's such a shallow form of mm. being nice. It's like so surface level niceness. Yeah. Like no one actually gives a shit. Like people are nice to your face and just won't do, won't be bothered to do anything else. There's a funny little phrase from around the area I was at called the Seattle freeze, which is, it's very common and it's happened. I've seen it happen where you'll ask somebody a question directly. They'll be like looking at you and they just won't talk. They'll just like not say anything. And it's kind of like. So they freeze you out. They freeze you out, but they'll like look at you. I can't tell if people do it intentionally or they're dumb. Like, like, they just don't know how to respond to a direct question. People just don't know how to talk out there or something. Fuck him. Everything is so... Anyway, I don't, I don't mean to harp on about West Coast people, but like... I'm so least, glad that you're, in a, you're a Mainer now. Yeah, I'm well, so happy I've that you don't want to go back. But I've, I encountered that area. I've always been like such a kind of overly aggressive person in just my <laughs> daily interactions with people. Yeah. Like... Not in a bad way. I'm just very direct with people. Yeah. Like, I'm, I don't mean anything. And I'm sorry that you're offended by my voice. This is how I talk. I don't mean to sound angry. This is just who, how I sound all the time. This is just who I am. I'm just an angry sounding person. But I'm talking normally. I don't think normally. you sound angry. People, I've had people, like, say, we need to work on your attitude problem. Like, what are you talking about? This is how I talk. It's just like, <laughs> I'm very direct. Um... Also, people told me to stop saying dude so much during meetings, but I kind of understand that, I guess, when I'm talking to the board. (laughs) Oh, dude, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. But yeah, that was my trip. Don't miss it. But it was nice to see the family. That's good. Uh, A lot of shit happened while you were gone. I want to hear it. Okay, so one of the things that... I'm going to just go in chronological order. So, the day that I released um, the Route 2A episode, because in that episode, we... You bring up my mouse pad, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was like, no, we're not talking about it. So the day it released, this happened. So first, I'm going to ex- we're going to explain this whole thing. So I have so I've said before I play Fire Emblem Three Houses, and so my mouse pad is one of the main characters, Dimitri, <laughs> but he has 3D titties. <laughs> And there are also nipples, like they're 3D nipples, like sticking out, and that's where you rest your wrist. It's very comfortable. It's super comfortable. So what happened was, so our property management sent over someone to replace all the fire alarms, and there's one right above my door in the office. So I'm just sitting here doing my work and he's like, oh, I have to go grab a couple more things. He looks down to like talk to me and he's like, oh. Nice mouse pad. <laughs> and I was just like, I had to think about it. I was like, oh, yeah, um, thanks. I People normally aren't in here. <laughs> so I'm just sort of like, oh, my God. Because, again, I didn't think anybody was ever going to see this mouse pad. My friends see it. They think it's funny. My wife comes in and tweaks Dimitri's nipples like, boop, boop, sometimes. Like, <laughs> but no, like. This guy from the property management saw that I have a mouse pad that has boobies. <laughs> so I wanted to share that because I thought you'd think it's hilarious. I it's just so great because really it was on the day that we released that episode that I was vehemently <laughs> like, we're not talking about the mouse pad. Two episodes later, here we are. 
So the other thing is, so last weekend, because normally we record on Saturdays and you were gone. So I had some free time on my hands. So Friday night, Allegra and I went out to Falmouth Brewing for date one of three. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, we went to Falmouth and then we went and got ice cream. um, We were going to go to Red's, but Red's was packed. So we ended up going to Dairy Croix. Dairy Queen. And, you know, we just had a nice night. And then the next day, Allegra was working on her podcast. Also, my wife just launched her podcast. It's called The Forest Bath. I edited the first episode, so give it a listen. Give it a listen. Um, I also do the music. I did the I do the music for her podcast as well. And so she worked on that a little bit. I was working on costumes. And then around we planned to like around 8:30, we went to round one. And so we go to round one, we got some terrible food, but you know, (laughs) it was good for round one. Also, for those who don't know, round one is a Japanese chain of arcades, bowling, it's like arcade bowling alley, they do billiards, they do karaoke, anything you think of, they've got it. Um, Have you ever been to an arcade though, like even a barcade that actually has good food? No, like again, it was, it was good for what it was. Right. And then... So I have, so I, I've, I kept my game card because you can keep it and recharge it and it keeps your tickets on there. Oh, that's nice. So when we went, when we got there, we had 60 tickets from the last time we had been there. Sick. When we left, we were there for three hours. Uh Uh-huh. When we left, we had 4,665 tickets. So what does that get you? Like one of those monster finger puppets? No. So actually, so I decided to hold on to them because it was so late by the time we wrapped up and Allegra was like waning and I'm like, what should we get? And she's like, Ugh. like that we like, we pretty much had the pick of like most of the stuff I could have gotten. Hell yeah. Like, cause they have anime figures. Um, they have like, they have a lot of plushies. So they have a lot of Rilakkuma plushies. So I was like, oh, I could get some of these because they had like a Rilakkuma that was like a lemon. <laughs> <laughs> and then they, that li- the little duck yeah. thing that is with Rilakkuma and Co-Rilakkuma, um, they had him dressed as a spaceman. Oh, shit. Okay, um, cool. They had a bunch of Animal Crossing stuff. Oh, they did? They had nice. a Tom Nook hat. Like, it was like his <laughs> head and you put it on yours and it has like the Velcro That's adorable. at the end. They had one of Isabel. Um, they had mugs they had a lot of nintendo like a lot of pokemon stuff a lot of nintendo stuff they had like i looked at the figures and like my whole thing is i know how much they really are and the amount of money that i put into those tickets is not worth it's like it's i spent more money on those tickets than it would be to just go get the figure yes absolutely so i'm like we're gonna save them also i was about a thousand a thousand tickets off from being able to get a uh, kigu. So kigu, okay. uh, kigus are those um, like the the full body like pajama suits. Oh okay. Yeah. What was it of? Oh, there was one from Danganronpa. <laughs> <laughs> like the bear. They had Monokuma from Danganronpa. Um, they also had a Charmander. Oh, that's cute. I wanted the Danganronpa one though. Did the but, Charmander one have a tail? Yeah. Oh, I mean, come on. I yeah. So, so we were, you know, they had, you know, they have T-shirts, they have bags, yeah. they have like, then you know, they have the like this, the shitty stuff. Yeah. Um, but you know, I was like, I'm gonna hold on to it because this is how much we got in one night. We'll do it again another time. Um, 
yeah, because I had used a bunch, I had used a gift card my mom gave me for Christmas. Oh, sick. So, so that like, kind of pays on its own in a way. Yeah. 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 Allegro, there were some games that Allegro was really good at. They have a Jurassic Park game where what you do oh. is they, they have car, they have the Jeeps. Yes. And you push them up and whatever it lands on, that's how many tickets you get. Oh. Allegro got the jackpot <laughs> twice. That's fuck. Wait, we, you flip it as the T-Rex? No, like you push it, like like you're pushing like a a, a Hot Wheels car. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, Allegra got the jackpot twice. Nice. <laughs> so, um, we maxed out the amount of tickets we could get from that machine. Mm. So, um, it cuts you off. What it cuts fuck? you off. They're like, you gained the system. It get out. shouldn't. Yeah. Um, we also play like I I played the Sonic basketball and I was real good at it. <laughs> there, yeah, and then um, Ale- there's one where it's pitching. And, oh, cool. And um, so there's like a bullseye and it takes like how fast you throw and how accurate. Every single time Allegra threw, she hit the bullseye. That's awesome. Every fucking time. So I'm like, holy shit, my wife is a good pitcher. <laughs> Even though she literally only played t-ball for one season. <laughs> it's like, let's sign her up for shortstop over at the Sea Dogs. Yeah. Yeah? <laughs> yes. So, you know, like... We played so many games, and there's, oh, there's a beer pong one that I was really good at. Oh, I love that game. So yeah. I did the beer pong, and then Allegra and I always play ice hockey, so we did a couple rounds of ice hockey, uh, air hockey, not ice hockey, air hockey. Um, we did a couple rounds of air hockey. There wasn't a lot in the, um, in the crane machines. Yeah. You know, they had a couple Demon Slayer figures, but again, like, that's going to be more money than it's worth, because I'm not good at them and then the rest of it was like it was it was like more americanized stuff like normally they have a, they have a, they have like gudetama and lots of rilakkuma and you know all the other san like sanrio stuff they had the fucking backyardigans what yeah they had giant plushies of the backyardigans uh what was the backyardigans i i, I think i'm thinking of the rescue pets <laughs> uh, the one that's like I'm Tyrone and I'm Uniqua. Oh yeah, I remember now. Your backyard friends. I remember it. You don't need to sing it. (laughs) Copyright that. Um. So yeah. So I hear the backyard against legal team is fucking ruthless. (laughs) (laughs) So we had we had a really good time. Yeah, we were there. We got there around like nine, and we left at like twelve thirty. That's a good time, though. Because, yeah, they're back to their normal hours, so they're open till 2 a.m. Yeah. Um, I'm, it's, it's fucking, uh, we, we have, we've been planning to take you guys, but also we were like. No, yeah, have your night out. Yeah. Uh, I do want to go, do they have skee-ball? Yeah. I'm going to fuck Lots that Lots of fucking skee-ball. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so then, the next day, we wake up, because I was like, we're going axe throwing. So we go axe throwing. Guys go hard on your weekends. <laughs> yeah, and then we went to Olive Garden afterwards. Oh, so damn. the thing that was really nice is a lot. Like we go to Olive Garden all the time by ourselves, but a lot of the individual, like when we go to like Foulmouth, like that we've never been alone to Foulmouth. Yeah. Uh, we never go alone to Axe Throwing. We never go alone to Round One. So it was really nice to do things that we normally do in groups of people and just enjoy it together. Yeah, yeah. So that made me really happy, and yeah, it was we. I fucking murdered axe throwing. Allegra actually got a couple good ones. 
Let's go. Do so, it. Um, and then also we were paired on our target with a couple that were looking at it for, for their wedding. Oh, cool. They were great. It was their first time. So we gave them some tips and stuff. They were really, really wonderful, and they ended up leaving early, so then Allegra and I just had the target to ourselves for, that, like, the last, that's always like, nice. 30 minutes. That's always nice. Yeah. So, I had a fucking wild weekend, and then also, I did also want to, because I told you, because we're going to see Aurora in New York in June. Yeah. Well, I simp for my wife, so I bought tickets to also see her in Boston, <laughs> and then I also bought tickets to another concert, because oh my God. I cannot be stopped. Oh, no. Allegra and I are going to see Eurovision's 2020 win- 2021 winner, Monskine in Boston. <laughs> you were just like, oh, my God, this is happening. Yeah. yeah. They, it was like they had announced their, on their Instagram. They're like, oh, we're going to be in Boston. We're doing a, a, a North America tour. And I was like, it's time to sell my kidneys. Because <laughs> I don't know if we've talked about Eurovision on the podcast yet, but I am fucking obsessed. It's a fucking great... Um experience it's a lot of fun it's cool just to see like so many different countries compete like a huge amount of countries compete yeah. america's eurovision is on monday this monday oh my god i didn't even know it was happening i'll show you main's <laughs> entry he's really cool his name is king coyote okay cool he's I, great i'm down to see this i like it just because it just feels like a, a sort of a unifying contest and i think it's really fun and it seems like yeah. kind of wholesome at the same time Everyone's just happy to be there because they're starving musicians. Yes. They're like, hey, any exposure's good here. Yeah, so I'm really excited that we get to go see Monskine because I have a crush on every single member of that band. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Eurovision, I showed my mom and dad uh, the, the movie. Eurovision movie. They fucking loved it. Oh! <laughs> double trouble tonight. Yeah, they absolutely loved it. My dad, after the movie, was like listening to the ending song like on repeat. Just hanging out like yeah, yeah, ding dong. No, the um, Husavik. Oh yes. Song. He just really liked it. So great success. He would like didn't want to watch it at first. He was like, nah. No, it's like, really no, good. I it. highly recommend it. I also <laughs> highly recommend everybody like look into Eurovision. Yeah, because it's really cool. Like because there you get exposed to a lot of new music. Yeah. Like. Every time a song released for this year's contest, added it to my Apple Music. I, yeah, I generally like most of what I hear, and there is some variety to it. I think there is some kind of, like, I'm not crazy about some of the um, basic rock music that kind of comes up yeah. once in a while, but there's a lot of unique stuff on there that I've really There's enjoyed. one that every time it comes on, it, 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 Allegra's like, this is Jackson's song. It's the one where they're on the train. Oh, that? It's like the folk song <laughs> on the train. I did kind of like that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Why me? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I love trains. You <laughs> got me there. <laughs> <laughs> well, so today I have a, um, a story for you, as always. <laughs> but we are, <laughs> we are going to be traveling out to Arista <laughs> By train. By train. Um, so first I want to say thank you to Ash Bobash and her dad because he suggested this to them and then they had messaged me being like, by the way, my dad reminded me of this crime that they have a connection to. Oh shit. So I've been sitting on this for a little while and I was kind of trying to figure out what I wanted to do and I'm like, okay, I, I'm going to revisit this one. Now is the time, even yeah. though we're literally going... Because also part of this case take place in Holton. <laughs> so it was like, okay, back to back Holton cases. So I really hope that I do this justice. Just, um, so thanks again to Ashba Bash. Just and her a dad. moment. I very for, much. Oh yeah, Ashba Bash. 
thank you very much. Thank you. But also just a moment for like, Rustic, what are you guys doing up there? Just stop. Yeah. <laughs> and also the other, I told you, uh, this one's interesting because this one actually, I have a lot of court information. We love court information. So. Ooh. We are going back to... Show me some of that microfiche. <laughs> oh, boy. So we are going back to October of 1998. Oh, boy. 1998. A very good year for murder. Yeah, apparently. So 38-year-old Starlet Star Vining began missing shifts at Smith's IGA, which is a grocery store in Presque Isle. It is no longer there. It closed in 2005. Up until that point, she had been a reliable employee, and she actually never returned to pick up her last paycheck. It was as if she had just vanished. Mm. The interesting thing about this is Star's family didn't report her missing until 2006. Whoa, 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 whoa. They, okay. Okay, but hear me out. No, no, it's fine. We'll get into it. She was a free spirit and had a history of picking up and moving wherever the wind took her. And so it wasn't really odd. She had actually met her ex-husband, Buck Vining, while she was hitchhiking through New York. Hmm. They had fallen in love at first sight, and they eventually settled down for a while in Presque Isle. Buck told the Bangor Daily News in 2013, Star liked camping, fishing. She liked to explore, check out new places, meet new people. The couple had three children, but then they split after six years together. While she would go months or years without contacting her family, the growing gap in communication became really worrying for them. Interesting. Um, when did they get married? They So they got married when they were 26, and she's 38 years old when she disappears. They divorce when they are 32. Okay, okay. So if that so this, gives you... this would track with, like... The gap in communication. Yeah. I getcha. That's interesting. Huh. Yeah. So that's sort of what she was known for is she would like take trips, kind of disappear, and then reappear again. I mean, it's an attractive lifestyle in a way, you know, if you are okay with consistent poverty. (laughs) But like, you know, if you're camping, fishing, you're enjoying life and you're um, supporting yourself in those ways by being resourceful. Mm-hmm. It could be very attractive. Yeah. So it wouldn't be until 2012 that the mystery of Star's disappearance would be answered. Jesus, that's, so that's quite six, a gap. Another six years. <laughs> One Monday in early July, police began searching the property of 76-year-old George Jamie Sr. His property included an apartment building and a pawn shop. He owned both of these. The pawn shop was called the Star City Trading Post. He owned and operated this, and this is in Presque Isle. I like that name. That's fun. That's a fun one. Yeah. Kind of makes me feel like I'm at like an outpost or something. Just go to the Kittery Trading Post. Call it a day. <laughs> Later that Thursday, George was arrested for the murder of Star Vining and was taken to Aroostook County Jail to await trial. He was held without bail. Jury selection began in September of 2013. So this is pretty quickly. So he's arrested in July of 2012. His trial start like the process starts Almost a year later. So what did they find? We're going to get there. Okay. Withholding information. You're building this suspense. I know. Buckle up, buddy. I'm going to pop with anticipation. So jury selection begins in September, and the trial starts two months later in November at the Aroostook County Superior Court in 
Holton. Ooh, yay. Back to Holton. The prosecution stated that Starr had been George's live-in girlfriend in 1998 and argued that he stabbed and beat Starr to death that October. They called George's former daughter-in-law, Paris Voisin, and his son, Ted Jamie, to testify. Paris had allegedly overheard Ted and his friend talking about how George, how George had killed Starr, and then he dismembered her, placed her body in plastic bags, and then burnt her remains in the commercial furnace in the basement of the pawn shop. Oh, that's fucked up. Ugh. According to the Portland Press-Herald, Paris testified that she had told her husband that she wanted to go to the police, but he had told her that she'd be the next one in a garbage bag oh, if God. she did. Oh, God. Jesus. So Ted testifies. He confirms that he had gone to his father's apartment and had seen Star's body. Oh. But also he had called his friend James Campbell to assist his father with the disposal of the remains and to clean up the murder scene. James also testified and he corroborated Ted's story. What the f- I'm shocked that this guy was just so willing to, like- just be so open with this information and showing this off to close family members and friends like he because the, the friend that he was talking to was the one that he had right yeah so the Clean two up. of them were talking about yeah. how they had done how to helped him um but yeah he, they were talking about it in earshot of his wife which again it's kind of like that seems like something that you just not putting a cap on any of this information no. is wild to me but then also, it's such a long period of time to just sit on this shit. That's fucked up. Right. Response lab technicians, forensic, a forensic DNA analyst, and a senior lab scientist from the Maine State Police Crime Lab also testified regarding evidence of blood based on a red-brown stain that was found in the basement and also in the apartment. They had taken those, I assume it was carpet, they had taken that and sampled it. However... They weren't, con- it was not conclusively identified as blood or having other human DNA, but th- there was also a luminol test perhaps that showed that there may have been the presence of blood. Again, put a pin in it. We're coming back to it. Okay. I just want to say for a moment though, like that's infuriating to me. It's like, oh yeah, we collect these stains that maybe blood but we're not actually sure and it's like do our forensics work or not (laughs) like i'm so confused we'll get there (laughs) defense attorney jeffrey silverstein relied heavily on the fact that there was no evidence that george had killed star because her body had not been located (laughs) they didn't call george to testify in his own defense but george did maintain his innocence through the whole process okay the trial lasted four days Ended on a Friday, like, it ended on Friday evening, and they, the jury deliberated through the night, and they found George Jamie Sr. guilty of the intentional or knowing murder of Star, and he was sentenced to 40 years in prison. Wow, that's a pretty, that's a hefty sentence. That guy's dead in prison, basically. Considering the fact that he's already 70. Yeah, he's not coming out. Yeah. In 2014... Well, he doesn't need to save for retirement anymore. No. So in 2014, attorney Hunter Tavares represented George as he submitted an appeal to the Maine Supreme Court. 
They argued that he had not had a fair trial for several reasons, and I'm going to go through them individually and tell you sort of what what kind of happened with these. I, uh, so I'm here so we go. excited. Before you get in. Yeah. Listeners, we fucking love appeals. They're, <laughs> they get nuts. They go, they throw everything out there. Yes. So the first one is the prosecution had argued there were copious amounts of blood at the crime scene, but the tests admitted to the court did not have the, like I said, did not have conclusive evidence of blood or DNA. Wild. According to the appeal, this was misleading and this could have confused the jury. According to the county, which is a news site, just so you don't think that that's like a governing body. It is a newspaper. <laughs> um, <laughs> the state police analysts and scientists had both said that the samples were small in size and could have been affected by time and cleaning products. Campbell and Ted Jamie had testified that bleach and other cleaning products were used to clean the bloody walls and floors and 15 years had passed since the murder. So this was said in court. Yeah. So the Supreme Court's opinion on this part of the appeal was it is a jury's job to take all of the evidence and testimony balance it and give it weight appropriately mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so they say that the murder scene was bloody there were stains but also tests it was admitted in court tests were not conclusive and also there's testimony that it's been 15 years and a butt ton of cleaning products were used so right. the jury can take that it they're not the thing is like the jury are all adults yeah no they're probably like you know when they've taken these swabs or whatever they're like we're 60 percent sure this is like or or higher yeah that this is blood but we can't like full right yeah. say that we just because know. of the deterior yeah i can so, understand saying evidence of blood because it's like yo this carpet's fucked <laughs> yeah so this appeal was like but what if it confused the jurors? And then the Supreme Court was like, okay, but it's not like they hid the fact that the results weren't conclusive. Also, the yeah, and also, like, just to narrow in on one specific point of the argument, in light of also all this other witness testimony, seems a little silly. We're going to get there. So the court... I should be a lawyer. The, the court had allowed <laughs> statements from Ted's friends and family that confirmed that Ted had told the story of George murdering Star to numerous people. Yep. <laughs> Although in some instances, including he had, he had told his mother that George had killed a woman. Mm -hmm. uh, George, so Ted's mother and um, George, they had been divorced for some time and he had confided in her that his dad had killed somebody, did not mention the name. Mm -hmm. And also the story, people said his story was always consistent. That he had gone over there, he had seen the body, he had helped, like, he was like, this is what happened. And nothing ever changes. So for some people that might be like, well, yeah, because that's the truth. And some people might be like, well, because he's coached himself into a story. That can go either way. Related to that, this appeal also said that Ted himself should not have been precluded as a suspect for the murder. I thought he... His story placed him at the scene of the crime. He was the one that asked James to assist with cleaning the crime scene, and he had showed up at, at James's house in bloody clothes, and he had previously admitted to having a sexual relationship with Star. So that gives him motive. I also was thinking as you're 
telling yeah. this initial story, I think it's very interesting that Ted didn't have any charges against him for at least being an accomplice. They or, didn't mention it at or, all. Or but James, he, in fact. I don't know if they eventually did have the book thrown at them. There really isn't a lot about that. Yeah, okay. Because the other thing is they could have got, they could have also, in exchange for testimony, gotten some sort of immunity. I, I, I would probably be willing to believe that nothing got thrown at them if you didn't find anything. Because yeah. when, when we're looking at a lot of these murder cases, we've noticed that, like, especially something as sensational as this, um, that information of, like, other people getting roped in is usually very readily available. Mm -hmm. um, it's not hard to find. So Yeah. So here's the, th the thing about this one is the defense didn't bring this up in the trial. <laughs> they focused on the fact that the body had not been found, which means that Star actually might not be dead. That oh was God. their defense. Okay. So the thing, the, the 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 thing with this is, if that's your like, if that's if that's what you're thinking, you have to bring that up and try like use that as your defense and be like, if you have evidence that Ted might be because. The way that that would work is if you have evidence that it might be someone else, that would be your defense. You present that in order to get your defendant off. Yeah. And then they would move from there. I mean, like, to go ahead and bring a completely new argument is, like, signs of, like, what shouldn't you have thought about that in the beginning? Yeah. Why didn't you? <laughs> Why didn't you bring also, this up to be fair... Way? As I said, the lawyer that did the original defense and the lawyer that is doing the appeal are two different people. Yeah. So he could, this could be ineffective counsel, but that's not how they worded it. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, but it could have been Ted and not George. My one, th like, I could see that because if he is making sure, if he's getting his story out ahead of everybody else, because mm -hmm. he, if he saw, foresaw, if the police come, I'm going to make sure everyone knows that my father committed this murder. Right. My one thing is, like, why would he have done it at his dad's house? And yeah. also, if it, like, his dad's house and, like, it, it's a little sketchy. It is a little sketchy. It's sketch. And, I mean, again, yeah, I mean, if there was, if we're going to rope and tie it into the mix here, I think it's very interesting, again, that George wouldn't bring that up in the beginning. Because he said if that it actually happened, he would immediately he's, say it. He had said, yeah, because he had said that he, like, he was not allowed to present this in court. And that could be why the defense didn't call him, because they yeah. were like, maybe they thought there wasn't enough and they didn't want him just saying like, well, my son did it Yeah, <laughs> because that might make him look bad if that's not, if they're not on the same page with their defense. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so again, that could be ineffective counsel. That's up in the air. <laughs> so the last, the last thing is really funny. The pro the, so this appeal also stated that the prosecution had used sarcasm in their closing statements to offhandedly insult the defense. <laughs> you was mean to me. <laughs> so, uh, this was the assistant attorney general. He allegedly said that he is never wrong when he prosecutes a murder case and accusing, Sil he accused Silverstein of intentionally misrepresenting the evidence related to material collected by the crime lab lab to the jury but yeah this whole like i'm never wrong when i like he was just being sarcastic and was also like he, the defense misrepresented the client the crime lab results 
And so, yeah, the appeal was, they shouldn't have attacked the defense. But I'm like, that's kind of what you do. It's theater. The, Trial it's is theater. Because yeah. you're, you're appealing to, like, these peers. Like, they don't want to fucking hear the evidence. They want the razzle-dazzle. <laughs> so, yeah, so the um, assistant attorney general at the time of this appeal, they only really fought against one of these claims, which was the um they mostly were talking about the um the 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 test results Mm -hmm. and they were like we did our job like we put together like the story based on the evidence that we had based on the testimony and the jury could decide what they thought and then they had been asked about okay but what about this whole thing about the 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 prosecution being mean to the defense (laughs) and she was just like we literally just said that they misread like we just were saying just for your food for thought they misrepresented the test results (laughs) like we just wanted them to be like just so you're aware (laughs) this is our opinion um if I was a lawyer, I'd be the most sarcastic motherfucker <laughs> in the system. I know you would. I'd be like, <laughs> I would be relentless, uh, but also I'm an idiot, so I do well. <laughs> so. He's a charming moron. He gets the job done. <laughs> yes. So, their appeal is heard. Gavel, gavel. It takes until March of 2015, so like another year, which is pretty standard, the main Supreme Court upholds the jury's decision to find George guilty. Put that thing back where it came from or so, so help, help me. me. So help me. <laughs> Goodbye. I kind of am inclined to agree with them. It's a shoddy and... defense as far as appeals. It relies on the passage of time for mm-hmm. one thing that like Ted would become like well-practiced with his argument. Which yeah. Of course he would be. He's been talking about this for over 10 years. Mm-hmm. Like... And then, again, it's just, like, further trying to hone in on this specific piece of evidence in light of, like, what, three witnesses? Yeah. It's a shoddy, you know, argument. And then they were very mean to me at the end. That prosecution was so mean. I wrote about it in my spirit journal. (laughs) Just sort of like, yeah. So I, and also it's, it's also sort of relying on, the main the main Supreme Court agreeing that jurors are dumb. The thing is, like, no, jurors don't always get it right. No, of but course also not. you can't just say jurors are dumb. <laughs> juries are also. I have a problem with juries. Yeah, they're not. They're not representative of people. No, they're long. not. Um, but that's an issue yeah. with the system and not this particular case. I had a friend. If that if that's the case, just say jury systems are stupid, and he should have had a bench trial. I'm going to steal a a, a small story about jury duty <laughs> that is about my friend, and I will not name him. Okay. Because of what I'm about to say, but he listens to the podcast. Love you, buddy. Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> he got called in for jury duty, and he's a medical marijuana patient. Yeah. Um, and it was in Connecticut, and he went down. And, uh, he was, like, they were interviewing, and he decided that he, he's a very honest guy, he's a kind guy, yeah. um, he, he can seem a little rough and tumble, but he's a sweet guy. Yeah. And, like, 
um, he was talking about people were mentioning like talking about themselves a little bit. And he has a great passion for marijuana and the industry. Yeah. So, like, you know, he's in between things and he just wanted to kind of talk about that. They're like, oh, what do you do? It's like, well, it's like um, uh, I helped to get into the industry of marijuana and I'm a medical marijuana patient. Uh, this is very passionate of me. And then they kind of, like, made fun of him during the interviews. But they made him come back again. Okay. And I was just like. So but... that didn't preclude him from. <laughs> no, but also, like, they just kept being dicks at the same time. They just have to, like. Like re because it was a like it's like three interviews or some bullshit yeah and they so they make you come back no matter what it's yeah because I mean there are lots of things in history where it's like you know if it's you know if it's a rape case then they're like okay if you are a woman or have been raped you're off the jury and it's like <laughs> why because you're biased towards rapists what <laughs> Or it it happened a lot in the past too, where if it's like if it's a person of color, they're yeah. like, okay, if you are a person of color, you're gonna be or biased. no, or no, a person of color, <laughs> you're gonna be biased. Like what there the was fuck? one I was listening to, um, let's go to court, and it was sort of one of the first hate crimes against um, an Asian American and Pacific yeah. Islander that was yeah. actually like prosecuted, and they worked to get it like prosecuted as a hate crime. And, you know, they also asked the jury, they're like, do you know any Asians? <laughs> and one person was like, well, my daughter has an Asian friend. And they're like, okay, off the jury. Get the fuck out of here. And it was like, <laughs> so, so it's like, it's, it's hard because a jury of your peers, but it's like, we're trying to find the most unbiased, but that usually ends up being white cis men. Yes. Is, are the most quote unquote unbiased. I am the most unbiased, unbiased. person in this room right now. So it's just kind of like, <laughs> I think that's broken. It is super broken. Oh. That's and, broken. <laughs> well, yeah, my friend, of course, he didn't get on jury duty. He was kind of like, I didn't want to do that, but also like they were dicks. So I want them. jury duty so bad. You, why? Free lunch? <laughs> <laughs> Like, I don't know, like, there's something about it that I'm like, I'm fat, like, again, it's theater, like, I'm just fascinated about, like, court and how it works and, like, You know you can just go at any time, right? I know, but then I get paid time off for jury duty. That's true. You can go, like, on a weekend <laughs> when they're doing a murder trial, it'll be fun. I'll go, if there's an interesting case. That sounds case, awful. If there's an interesting case, I'll go with you. Okay. We'll text the whole time and then the bailiff will throw us out. <laughs> um... <laughs> I have another fucking story about juries, though. Oh and, my like, God. people get, like, the, the ways that people get out of jury or duty are really funny to yeah. me. I know a story, again, no names, because it's fucked up, <laughs> but there was a guy, I heard this story, that went to jury duty in the state of New York, in New York City. New York City. And, uh, like they say down there. <laughs> That's how they talk down there. Yeah, they talk like, um, uh, Jock. Uh, what what the fuck was her name from Pirates talk- of the Caribbean? Oh, you're talking about Natalie Portman. No, Keira Knightley. Uh, I mix them up all the to time. To be fair, uh, they look the same. Well, actually, because you know that that's what. So, because Natalie Portman was um, Queen Padma Amidala. Yes. Okay. And her handmaid, Keira Knightley, was one of her handmaidens because. The handmaidens are supposed to look very similar. They look the fucking same. Because <laughs> they swap out with the queen at any given time. It makes sense. Okay, so anyway, this guy was going to jury duty and, or interviews, and it was a murder trial. Yep. And they were like, so what do you think about, and it was a murder that involved a gun. So he's like, so what do you think about this um, specific 
case and where your feelings about like all this. And he, and he was just like, you know, my whole thing I don't understand is like why you would ever murder somebody with a gun. Like if you really wanted to send a message, you'd get really personal and why not use your hands? If you really want to murder somebody, don't you want to like send a message at the same time? He didn't get called back. <laughs> I think that they probably fucking put him on a list. Probably. <laughs> he's on he's on somebody's radar. But he said that shit and he was and he intended to say that. Yeah. He intended just no, to get know, out of it. To get by out, being yeah. Absolutely ridiculous. So my next thing is I don't know, I probably would be like dismissed from jury duty because I have a true crime podcast. <laughs> I'm like, I have big opinions about crime. There is no guarantee you wouldn't just air this to tens of people. <laughs> oh no, I wouldn't. If I wasn't allowed to, I wouldn't. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm a, I am a rule follower to a fault most of the time. You're an insurance, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yep, so they uphold the decision and in in his interview with the Bangor Daily News, Buck Vining described his frustration with how the case had been presented in the news. He said, I've never met George Jamie. I don't think it's fair that he's gotten all the media attention and she's basically gone unnoticed. Yeah. Star was a mother. She had three kids. You read all about Jamie. It saddens me that so little has been said about her. She was a beautiful person and so carefree. She had friends in California, Tennessee, and New York. I've been in touch with some of them, and they were shocked to hear the news. Star is more than just a name. I've never stopped loving her. I'd like to see some type of memorial service or remembrance event held for her so those who loved her could gather and share memories. To this day, Star's remains have not been recovered, and she is actually still considered a missing person. Wow. I don't have updated information for tips, but I know that the last person that was working on her case was Detective Adam Stoutmeyer of the Maine State Police. That was back in 2013. Uh, I really couldn't find any other updated information. I know she still has a page on, like, the Charlie Project and other missing persons. Because if there's no body... They are still considered missing. It's hard because will they ever find it? Because the story is that she was burned. Yeah. They're never going to find her body. And at this point, like so many years later, with all these friends across the country, some, somebody would have said something. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Somebody, if someone, yeah. Cause if she has friends all across the country, you'd think that she would have tried, if she was still alive, she would have tried to hook up with one of them and be like, Hey, I'm in the air. Like, but nobody's heard from her. Mm-hmm. Not a soul. Yeah. So they, her family still hopes that somebody will come forward. I'm inclined to believe this story of what happened. Like, I know there's not really, a, there's like not a lot. It's, it's, it's so fucking sad. And like, it re, like this Bangor Daily News article is really the only one that actually talks about her. Everything else is all about the crime itself. And George and the testimonies. And this is the only article that talks about her. And it's like, this is who she was. And so that's why, like, I, that's why I start, I wanted to start out talking about her. And also I will be naming, I'm going to be naming this episode Starlet Vining instead of George Jamie Sr. Because it's more about her. and I want it to be about her. I feel you. A because, lot of the, yeah, it's I, so fucking sad. 
That's an interesting perspective, and I think that in the light of a horrific crime, we do focus so much on the on the perpetrator rather than the victims. Like, how many fucking serial killer documentaries are there, you know? And that's that's why I'm kind of getting tired of, because <laughs> I know they just came out with another... When is, when is, when a mass shooter comes out, how much do we yeah. talk about the shooter? That's all we talk about. Yeah. But, you know, there's that case where that girl who she was texting her boyfriend and she pressured him and to take his own life. Yeah. And, like... Are you familiar with that case at all? No, no. Okay, like, she was telling him to do it, and then, like, he... Because he was in his car, and he was doing it that way. And then, um, when he got out, she told him to get back in. So, because she had mental illness, because she was underage, and also because it was over text message, and she wasn't, like, there threatening him, it was like, okay, how much culpability does she have? So there was a couple, do- I think there was a documentary or two, but now they're making, like, a Hallmark movie about it. That's the thing, is, like, we get to the point where it's, like, we have multiple documentaries and multiple, like, I understand people want information, and it is part of, the- everything that happened is part, that's part of it, but also, like, as somebody who is interested in true crime, there's an obsession that I just don't understand. You know, all of the Ted Bundy things that just recently came out. You know, like, mm. we had the Zac Efron one, and then we had Ted Bundy in his own words, and I'm just like, no. What happened to Zac I... Efron? I'm sorry. I oh, no. <laughs> no, he played Ted Bundy. Oh, okay. And there's, like, a sex scene. <laughs> there's also, like, a sex scene in it. Why? <laughs> because Ted Bundy is sexy. Oh, God. <laughs> you know, like, it's, like, yes, I understand, like, that that was sort of his thing, is, like, he was young and attractive, and, like, that's part of how he got his victims to trust him wherever he walked marvin gay was playing (laughs) so it's uh, just it's it's really sad i do think that there needs to be more of and we try to do it as best we can but a lot of times there just isn't information about the victims and it's really sad it's not something that i've been focusing on but i think that I should be. I try really hard. <laughs> I didn't know that this was the thing we were doing. So oh, like, sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, it's fine. I think that we do things differently for sure, but I also, if people listen to the episodes that I'm steering, it's all over the place. <laughs> it's like, you I just usually, think this is fun. You usually do, we, you know, we have conversations about the victims in most of these cases. I don't uh, think that there's I, been one where we just completely... I, I don't think there's been one where it's just like not been meaningful of a, of a conversation. Because yeah. I think that, I think that just speaks to our personalities. We always get back to something meaningful. Um, but yeah, I hope. <laughs> I hope, like listeners tell us, <laughs> uh, there are some episodes maybe that I would like to jettison into space. But, uh, that's fine. That's part of this process. But I really fucking loved this. And yes, we should be talking about Starlet. We should be talking more about the victims because, like, I don't want to... This might be fucked up to say, but, like, this person sounds like Allegra to me. You know? Free spirit, open-minded, just kind of connected to the world and universe. This sounds like somebody that is kind to all those It's also... Yeah. Her husband... Her ex-husband had also said, like, she cared about people and people cared about her. Yeah. And, you know, it's... The other thing that I feel like a lot of people in the general populace might think is like, well, just don't do that. Don't hitchhike. Don't do this. Don't do that. 
I think we should be able to live in a fucking world where we can just inhabit the world in whatever way we want. I think I And I know that's agree. too much to ask because there just are bad people. Yeah. It's kind of it's the same thing where like women should be allowed to fucking walk to their car at night. See, that's like, the that's the thing is like you know, it's I could that... I could more easily live this lifestyle than Yes. Uh, a woman because I also have that luxury of like I've lived in a lot of cities and I've never once coming from a bar, little tipsy or whatever, been scared of my life because I'm a dangerous man. Yeah. The <laughs> other, well, cause the other thing I that... actually have been grabbed by homeless people. I've been like yeah. very close to getting my ass kicked Yeah, and I've not really been incredibly terrified because part of me is also like, I could get this guy. Yeah. <laughs> like I could take I... <laughs> Cause the other thing is like if George Jamie did kill her, which I am inclined to believe, then that's also like she didn't even get she her life was not ended by this lifestyle. No. She just had a boyfriend. Yeah, like you can't because that's like huge you age can't, difference. You, by the way, like yeah. what, was that twenty years? Yeah, because if it was yeah, so if it was, was seventy six when 70, he got arrested. Yep, in two thousand twelve, she died in ninety eight. So about. You do the math, because I... 14 years, yeah? Yeah. 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 But, like, they right. lived... It, but the thing is, like, they lived in the same town. Like, there's nothing... It, it also... It reminds me a lot of these other stories that we've covered. Like, the one about, um, Kitty Ward... Kitty Wardwell? Yeah. It's her boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that... Again, you can't tell women don't have boyfriends. No, you can't. Don't be in a relationship. Like, you know, it, it, we need to put the blame on the people who are violent and are abusers and... But, <laughs> and that's also another part of the story is that George is obviously an abuser. Like, Paris went on so many years scared to talk about this, likely. Mm -hmm. But also, Ted, James, once... And one person, like, talked about it, they all talked about it. And I don't know who came forward first. I'm assuming someone came forward. Yeah. I am going to assume that it was probably... Because she divorced Ted, so I assume it was probably Paris. Right. Because they Once said she, she was... felt safe. Because yeah, they said that the she was their... She, they said that she, George, she was George's former daughter-in-law. Mm -hmm. So I assume that, when she, again, when she felt safe, she went. Because right. Ted hadn't for so many years... Right. And it seemed like she had more of a reason to be quiet. Ted kind of talked about it a lot. I would also be interested to know how many other people knew. Right, and didn't mention it. Like, yeah, that's one thing is, like, with a guy like this who just seemed to be pretty brazen about it, how many other people actually knew? Yeah, the other thing is, like, I'm also interested in this piece that the appeals brought up where they were like, Oh, well, Ted had a sexual relationship with Star. That doesn't mean he's going to murder her. No. <laughs> I think it's really interesting when they're, you know, the motive is just, they had sex once. <laughs> cool. So my wife could just murder me at any time. That would be her motive. That would be her motive. That's what, it's, 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 uh, people can have sex. People can have sex. Guess what? They can. Moral of this episode. People, people can, can have, have sex. sex. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I really... It's, it's hard because I don't think that anything is going to come of it. I hope that they get closure. It's done. It's done. The closure is that he's still in jail. He's in jail. And he's yeah. going to die there. That's it. Yeah. Like, 
we're we're past the point of any other evidence coming through yeah. here. Why would anything else? Why would anybody else speak up for one? Um, and then also like he's in jail. What it would change at this point? Yeah, he's away from people and he's not going to hurt people again. That's what's important. But yeah, that sucks for Star. So that's. I love I love this episode. It is still a bummer. Murder is always a bummer. Murder is always a bummer. But I, I did really enjoy this. I thought that this was an interesting story. I'm so happy that you brought it. So I'm glad yeah, again, we gave this attention. I hope this yeah, does justice. Again, for yeah. The again, again. Thank you so much to Asheville Bash and her dad for yeah. this. I um, I hope you guys are still listening. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Man, these guys dick around a lot. <laughs> so thank you again. Like it's it's a great like great story that sounds awful but like i really it was great digging into it and like i hope that this little bit it's talking about star more i hope helps her family it's an important story to tell yes definitely and the best thing that we can do for people is remember them right yeah all right, not to get any sentimental here. Do you have a manism? I do have a manism. Hey, hey, it's a manism. And we're shifting gears into fun town. So, this, um, is your, your manism fun town? No. Oh, that we'll, should be your manism. <laughs> shut up! Don't use my material. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to be talking about a thing that we're doing this weekend. Maple, Maple Sunday! Sunday. So this is um. I think it's pretty much a New, uh, New England tradition overall. Well, it's Maine Maple Sunday. Well, yeah, this is Maine Maple, Maple Sunday, Sunday that's happening up. We're actually going up to Two Rock Ridge Farm tomorrow. We record on Saturdays, tomorrow's yep. Sunday. And we're going to get some very tasty homemade maple syrup. Could be yeah. eating a lot of pancakes. Yeah, uh, Two Rock Ridge is owned by our friend Anna's parents, mm-hmm. and they have a podcast. They do have a podcast, Two Rock Radio. Hell yeah! So highly recommend giving them a listen. They have an they actually do have an episode on the process of tapping trees and making maple syrup. Yeah, and it's going to be awesome. Uh, we're going to see Anna over there. We're going to do a tour of the farm. Taking home some maple syrup. Gonna see some cows. Gonna see some, de- some uh, I was about to say delicious. <laughs> you are not eating Willow and Rosie. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm just gonna be patting my belly the entire time I see those cows. But yeah, like mm-hmm. a lot a lot of um a lot of sugar houses do this. Yeah. Uh they open up their doors for people to go and view like sort of see where does your maple syrup come from? Yeah. Like it's a big tradition out here, for yeah. sure. Like I know when you go to, um, like when we went to the Freiburg Fair and we got like all that maple stuff, like yeah. in the sugar houses on at, on the um, the fairgrounds, it says, we'll see you for Maine Maple Sunday, y'all! <laughs> Everybody's into it. It's a big event. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people up there when we go visit, too. Yeah, I know. It's like, but if you're in the area, I highly recommend go support your local sugar houses. And, you know, as somebody who does, like, mass-produced maple syrup, I love Log Cabin. Um, <laughs> sorry, not sorry. At least um, you're not <laughs> promoting any Mrs. Buttersworth or whatever. No, like, I, I like Log Cabin the best. But, you know, I highly recommend, like, we've we've had great experiences with a lot of the maple houses. Yeah. It's really funny because, like, I have a memory of... When I was at school, I used to go to the line school when I was in the first grade, which is on the line of Newfield and Limerick. Yeah. Very on-the-nose name. Um, we actually took a field trip to a sugar house. 
mm-hmm. and saw how it was made, and they gave us maple syrup on ice cream. Wow, that's really, that's really fucking good. good. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that was back when, like, <laughs> it was really great. I, since I, I was an only child for quite a while, so I was that kid who, like, my mom would like come and volunteer at school yeah and then my grandmother would go on all of the field trips with us yeah and then once my sisters came around that all stopped (laughs) (laughs) fun's over fun is over (laughs) but yeah my grandmother went with us to that one i remember but you know i have great memories and also it's it's really fascinating the other thing that's really cool is anna's parents also teach people how to tap their own Sap and do all of that fun stuff. Damn. Like, that's something Allegra and I have been considering doing because her parents, there's a farm near Allegra's parents' house that used to tap their trees. Yeah. They don't anymore. So Allegra and I were like, we should learn how to do this and tap their trees. Absolutely. Yeah, you should learn how to do that. I mean, you know. Make well, our, be fucking awesome to have our own I would love to get involved and, yes. and help out with all that. That would be a dream. Um but yeah, no, it's going to be a lot of fun tomorrow. I'm so excited. Go support your local farms, guys. Don't go to Mrs. Buttersworth or Log Cabin as much as you might like it. Give the local stuff a try. Come Absolutely. On. Yeah. Uh, something that I think that we stand by here for Homegrown Horror is support local as much as possible. With that in mind, let's also talk about something that is very important to us. Um about to cut that mainism short. Are you talking about the Saco Drive-In? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. I, yeah, I was going to post the... So, um, I had heard that the Saco Drive-In was sold, and it is now been revealed that they want to turn it into a trailer park. <laughs> yeah. By the way, like, this is the second. This is the second oldest uh, drive-through. Drive-in. A, drive-in. Sorry, not drive-through. <laughs> drive-in in America. It's also it's really strange to me because it's super popular, very well attended. Every time we yeah. go. We get, we have to get there so, we get there so early, like we wait, we get there at least 30 minutes before the gates open because otherwise there's a line like of cars trying to get in and I like to be in the front. (laughs) Yeah. So right now the local parks and rec department is trying to come up with an idea to move the private owners to a different swat of land. But they but they said they didn't want to. They don't want to. Which makes me really frustrated. Yeah. I'm also frustrated. Like goes back to something that we were talking about, you know, just like Maine and these local areas just kind of being bought up and turned into shit that is not representative of Maine and what it's all about. When you drive into the state of Maine and you're going over the bridge, um, you'll see a sign that says, welcome to Maine, the way life Life should be. be. We're kind of, more shit like this happens, you start losing that sense of community so, like, there's a there's a petition, and this will be in the episode notes, if it's still relevant. Yeah. If it's not, we'll post an update about what's happened. Yeah, because I think, I think they're still... I don't know what the deadline is. The more we lose these kinds of senses of community, the more we start losing more touch with our neighbors. And I said it before, like, I grew up... No, I didn't grow up going to... The, the thing is, this... When I was a child, this drive-in had closed. Yeah. And then somebody had bought it, and then they had redone everything and, like, brought it back to life. And it's been so popular since. Yeah. And so to see it, like, destroyed, because it was just defunct before, but they want to destroy this. There's a big fence around it right now. Like, 
Seriously? I'm not optimistic about <sighs> the state of this. I'm really not. And frankly, you know, they bought the land. They can do what they want with it. There's nothing that we can really do unless they absolutely just refuse, you know? Like, we can't do anything. I just hate the fact that Parks and Rec was like, here, have have this land. We will trade. And they said no. Like, what? Why? Why? Why do you have to go out of your way when there's an alternative and people like this thing? I wouldn't even be surprised if these people are like, we're just talking to a company at this point. We're not even talking to the people that bought that's, it. That's the thing, is I think that we are talking to the company. So there they're are, not going to do shit. So I would say um, if... Like we'll we'll either post an update or we will um we're gonna throw that petition throw the around. petition out. Uh, the other thing is, in the meantime, support the other drive-ins that are here still in Maine. There's Pride's Corner, which is in Westbrook, and then there's the Twin Drive-in in Bridgeton. I don't want to lose another drive-in because it is like a really great thing. Yeah. <laughs> and I, like it's like I. It's a wonderful summer thing. It gets, it's out, outside. You can really enjoy being in the outdoors in Maine and still like, you know. And it's also cheaper than going to the movies. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and you're supporting local because yeah. there are no chains of drive-ins. Like, no. There, there aren't. And, you know, like we're going to be posting this. So obviously people from Maine sign up. Because it matters if it's local, honestly. Yes. For everybody else, not from Maine, you know, support your local business. Don't support your chains. Like, go out of your way to spend a little extra, especially now when things are looking a little dark for people. Do what you can. Support your local businesses because, you know, everybody's got to preserve their own local flavor. And we, we recognize we reach out to a lot of people across the states and even international audiences. So do what you can, man. And that's where we'll leave today. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Uh, remember, support support your community. All We're right. all in this together. Thanks, homies. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Hello, homies. My sources for today are WCB5, the Portland Press-Herald, AP News, The County, CentralMaine.com, and The Charlie Project. Thanks again for listening. Instagram at homegrown horror pod. We hope to see you again soon.